Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Somewhere between science and superstition. Such sights to show you. Strange Eons. Welcome to Strange Eons Radio. That's Eric over there. Hello. That's Vanessa over there. Hello. I'm Kelly. Uh, I can't remember why exactly I ended up on our Apple Podcast page. Okay. Because I don't use Apple yeah. Podcasts. <laughs> I think I was trying to find out how to get an RSS feed for a different podcast. Because, oh. as you guys know, <laughs> I am the last person who uses the Zoom software for my <laughs> podcast. And I, and I have to get it through an RSS feed. Right. So I was trying to figure out how one would do that from Apple Podcasts. Then I went to our page to see if we had that RSS symbol on there, which we don't. So, so Apple wants you to only listen to it through their app. Sure. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I, I then saw that we had um, like 4.8 out of five stars uh, on, you know, a certain amount of reviews. And I was like, wow. Wow. So I decided to read these reviews and I was really pleased. I was like, Aww. oh, this is really nice. Who are these people? And then one... One name stood out, uh, Todd Reich, which ah. Eric, you said last episode had get, bought us some pizzas. Do you know uh-huh. who that is? I do now. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> when the episode came out, Danny immediately contacted me and he said, I think Eric knows that that's the name I go by online. And I said, Eric's an idiot. He didn't know that. Yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, he sent it. He said <laughs> that to me. And he, I said, it go, but first I looked at it go. Oh, okay. <laughs> that eventually it's, oh, I see what he's doing here. <laughs> so thanks, Danny, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanessa, you got something in the mail today. I did. I did get something in the mail from from a Danny, in fact. The Danny or a Danny? I, think it's, I believe it's the Danny. And now I know your address, sir, because it's on the envelope. Um yeah, I got a very nice card. It has a, a flower on it. It says, just for you. It might have either a sun or an avocado at the top. I can't tell. I assume there's a dick pic in uh, there. You know, uh, for once, there is not. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, it's well, then, a, Danny, <laughs> would you stop sending them to me? I don't want that either. <laughs> it's okay. He actually does like them. Um, and in it has a nice little note that says, Vanessa, of the three hosts, you are the least likely one to ask me to throw bail. Yours in horror, <laughs> Danny. He just doesn't know you very well. I, think. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't ask, but I'd probably need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I am in his high regards. And I got, I got letters. I got a like, piece of mail. That's I have nice. my name on it. I love getting mail. It's so fun. That's nice. Um, Eric, yeah, Vanessa, yeah, are you guys watching Moon Knight? Yes, yeah. Can we talk about this? Yeah, sure. I think that everybody knows I was very excited for this show, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I am less excited at the end of episode two. Ah, but I do like information being kind of piecemealed out. I love that in yeah. a story. But this is so few and far between the tidbits of information you're getting here. Right. And I, I like that they 
kind of tied into his comic book origin in the dossier that the one person was holding. I right. was like, oh, okay, that's that's right out of there. And we've seen we've seen hints of uh, Frenchie. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I assume that this woman who is his wife is their version of Marlene. Right. But it makes me say, why why don't we get Marlene? Why do we have to have this different name? Mm. Yeah, I don't remember if they changed her name in some of the later comics or not, but I, so I'm not sure. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Mm. And there's some parts in it. Look, I feel like we're going to find out that Stephen Grant is actually the rich playboy we thought he was. Mm -hmm. He just mm -hmm. has been whatever, doesn't remember he is because there's no way you own that flat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and without having a shit ton of money. I, I'm going to assume that his mother that he's talking to on the phone doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure. the postcard that he got from her looked an awful lot like the postcard the museum sells. Uh, yeah. um, so I, I, and I think that we are going to see Jake Lockley here. Yeah. I think we got a glimpse of him at the end of episode two. So there's parts of it I'm really liking, but then there's the part where at the end of episode one, he fights a Anubis jackal. dog I think jackal they called it a jackal in the second episode. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course, he's found out that everybody in the museum is working for Amit. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back to work the next day. And like looks at the security footage with a guy. When you know that all of this stuff is going on, I, I can kind of buy that, mm -hmm. that he's confused and everything. I can't buy that after having your life threatened that you go back to the place where it happened. Yeah. So just uh, as a writing, as a storyline thing, I was like, I don't. I don't get this. And quite honestly, you know, this is Marvel um, marveling up Moon Knight. And so we yeah. get a, a character like Oscar Isaac, who I think is fucking brilliant yeah. in everything mm -hmm. he does. Acting cute and silly and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess I guess we were promised a, uh, a much darker show. And we're not getting that. Or at least I'm not getting it. Were we promised a much darker show? Well, by fact that it was Moon Knight. Right. Yeah. Moon Knight is a very dark comic I book. I mean, yeah. It deals with some really crazy psychological shit. And I, I feel like we are getting a very Disney Marvel Moon Knight. It's, you know, I, I've actually been a little lackluster on it as well, which sucks because I, I, I was wondering whether this was the first time I'm experiencing that thing that all the other fan boys and girls and whatever people experience. Kelly of, watching the Boba Fett show. <laughs> of, of actually knowing what this uh, property is and having read some of it at mm. least and feeling like, wait, they didn't do this. Wait, that's not right about well, the that. The difference is though, which yeah. versions of Moon Knight did you read? Because the right. different versions of him. Mostly the. It's in Kevin's years. Recent the, stuff. 90s stuff. Yeah. Like, what was that? Um, that dark series they did for a while with Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. Yeah. And I, and I read like Lemire Warren, and Warren Ellis. Yeah. Warren and... Ellis's version are all really different takes in yeah. a lot of ways. But I, this, the, for me, the second episode felt like, okay, this may lead to someplace neat, but the start has been. But there's really only clumsy. six episodes. Only six episodes. Yeah. I know. I'm like, guys, well, you can't do two this. films. Yeah. Two films worth of time. That's true. Six hours, three hours and three hours. That's two movies. I feel like the information being doled out is really weird. Like it feels really yeah, staggered. It's very weird. <laughs> like sometimes it's like, 
just a little, little teeny tiny breadcrumbs. And then other times it's long amounts of exposition. And it's kind of frustrating me, especially when they do the exposition where I'm like, okay, it's like, oh, by the way, I was the previous avatar and you're the avatar and then your girlfriend might be the next avatar. And I'm like, wait, what is this? I don't, is this a thing in the comics? Because I never came across that before, but that's okay. Yeah, it's a mess. The start is definitely, the first episode was a a giant, this makes no sense. Nothing's going on. (laughs) And the second one was like, okay, this is almost becoming too much a moon knight story yeah but not and so it's like is the next one gonna be <laughs> like evened out it's it's <laughs> so definitely it's really pulling weird. from the lemire series I'm, I'm recognizing a lot of that although warren ellis has got to be watching this going well that's not who mr knight is right. not just a right. costume that right. steven puts on that's another personality yeah yeah and and you know, that was a really interesting thing that happened there in the comics where he realized, oh, I, I need to have a a kinder and gentler Moon Knight to mm-hmm. deal with the public. And so this mm-hmm. persona suddenly kind of came out in him. And, and I, I don't know. I, here's the problem. Um, I don't mind you fucking with uh, an origin story or or anything, you know, Stephen Grant being a uh, a gift shop employee instead of a wealthy playboy. I don't mind any of that as long as it is better right. than what was established <laughs> yeah. in the comics. Right. Otherwise, why not just go with what was established yeah. in the comics? At least know? it's Oscar Isaac, though. It was, yeah, I mean, to have him turn into a suit simply because that's probably what he was thinking in his head when he called for the suit. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's not clever at all. <laughs> that's just... Yeah. That's just I guess, so, yeah. I guess I didn't mind that part as much, but yeah, I, I think I'm on the same page as you guys where there's there. It feels like we're, I'm not feeling confident yet, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It, it, maybe it'll get better. Yeah. I'll keep watching simply because uh, both versions of the suit look fucking great. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that they were able to do something that seems so obvious with the original moon site, moon night uh, suit and turn it into something that feels more Egyptian. Yeah. I was like, oh, duh. Why haven't the comics ever done this? That makes perfect sense. Um, well, uh, I can recommend a show maybe you haven't been watching. I, I'm wondering if either of you have seen mm. that you should be. Oh, okay. Um, have either of you uh, heard of slash come across slash watched Severance? No, but I've been reading a crap ton about it, so it definitely seems like something I need to check out. It's I um I haven't, but the reviews I was reading did not make me feel like I needed to see it. It's incredible. That is not what I heard. It is incredible. That's weird because I've read the almost the exact opposite. Almost you read they were incredible, really good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I, I mean, I really liked. It feels like a mix of The Prisoner meets Devs which was um, the show that I'd really raved about at the beginning of the pandemic. It's just really well told, great mystery feeling, great weird feeling. This is the one where you completely separate you completely from work and your outside life. Correct. Yeah. No memory. So anybody who decides to work at the Loomis uh, Corporation um, undergoes a procedure where they separate out their work self from their self-self, their normal everyday personage. And anybody who's doing this procedure is a highly controversial procedure, um, is probably doing it 
for their own personal reasons, right? So one person sure. has a big trauma that they want to not think about and they want like a version of themselves that isn't steeped in this. Other people, you know, they each have their reason for doing this. Um, but we don't know what that is. We only see at the beginning the work selves who they show up, they, they walk out of an elevator, they have their work day, they go in an elevator and the next thing they know, they walk out of an elevator again. So it's almost like a form of torture and the the good things that the prizes they get for these long work hours are things like finger traps. It's like really awful, really, really awful scenario where it's a, a kind of mini version of hell. But there's also all this mystery of like, what are these weird rooms? What does this company do? Like, who are these other departments? Um, and uh, who are the other people? Who are we? We don't know who we are as individuals. Like, who are we on our Audi versus our Innie, which is what they're <laughs> calling themselves. It's a pretty brilliant, I, I just fell in love with it completely head over heels. So I highly cool. recommend it. I, I guess I will have to check this out. Yeah. I, I think you should. <laughs> I saw one that was less successful, I'll say. <laughs> a Shutter original or Shutter distribution of a C for me. Oh, uh, yeah. Have well, you watched this one? No, but I saw okay. the poster pop up and I was like, this looks dumb. <laughs> well, you know, I was thought of the Flanagan one where the, the woman was... Right. And that worked really well. So I was like, what the hell? Several or shutters earned uh, a monarch, you know, let's check out what they got, I guess. But, uh, and this one actually was very close to being really good. Hmm. Uh, the storyline is there's a woman who's recently been blind. She house sits for people. It's kind of the job she does. She takes hmm. care of their house and like in this case, a cat and has this new app. That's called See For Me, where she calls up and puts up the camera and the person on the other end tells you what's going on. And three people break into the house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she has to figure out what to do with them. The problem is the lead, through no fault of her own, this is entirely writing, is very unlikable. Mm -hmm. So the person you're supposed to kind of hope for and feel for, at the beginning at work, she gets very upset with her mom. You know, I can do my own shit is her thing. You know, I don't need your help and stuff, which works great to establish her as a willful character at the beginning. But as the movie goes on, the the lady she's talking to on C for me is trying to help her. And she's just like, just snaps at her for no reason. I'm like, you know, it's okay to say, okay, cool. Or just ignore it and continue on listening to the instructions. But, and so it, every time you start to start to like her and go, wow, I hope she's okay one of those lines come out again yeah. where you're going, why is anybody helping you? <laughs> I don't see what anybody would want to help you for and why this person on the other end just doesn't hang up. <laughs> well, this sounds like a perfect way to, to create a character arc. She doesn't get better by the end. No. Oh, what a bitch. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to though, the way it ends should feel like a triumphant return. Mm. But by that time, you dislike her enough that you're like, eh. and through her own fault, a uh, cop trying to help her gets killed. Oh, and other, so it's just like, you know what? You've gone beyond a redeemable point now. Yeah. So it's just like, huh. Well, damn. Overall, this it's a well-made film. If they just cut like three lines out of it, made 
the character somebody you want to root for, it would have been actually really successful. It's interesting because I saw the trailer for that and they had one of those lines in there where mm. she's like yelling at the person helping her. And I remember watching being like, um, this, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pass for now. So even if it's a great piece, that that is irritating. Yeah. It's nothing worse than like a self-sabotaging main character who never gets better. Okay, uh, let me think. I've seen so much that I want to talk about. Right. I got to figure out what I want to talk about. Um, I think I'm going to talk about a movie called Hellbender that is on Shutter. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, this movie is pretty good. It's about a uh, young girl who who has been told all her life that she has kind of this autoimmune disease, can't be around people, and all that, and they live out in the middle of the woods and all this stuff. And actually, it turns out that she is a witch, and her mother is a witch, and the, uh, oh. her mom is like, you know, you're actually a little too powerful to be around people. Oh. People will corrupt you and all of this stuff. And she finds this out by uh, by bumping into uh, another teen that's out, you know, in the woods and all this, and they start hanging out together, and and she's, she becomes, you know, a little rebellious and everything, and then once she comes into her powers, it's kind of a dark Phoenix story and you realize, oh, she is really capable of some horrible things. Hmm. Um, the story is cool. It looks great and all that stuff, but the backstory is even more interesting in that it's an Adams family production. Are you guys familiar with the Adams family? Mm, oh, not yeah. This is one. literally a, um, a mother a father and their two daughters and they do everything. They are oh. the actors. They are the four actors in the film. They, um, they switch, um, who's the director in various scenes, who's holding the camera wow. sound. They are, uh, making wow. the, the score for the film themselves. And, uh, once you know that and you watch it, you're just like, wow. I mean, there are a couple of, uh, special effects in here. They're are pretty decent for a low budget film that they did not do mm -hmm. that obviously they felt like, you know, well, we'll farm this out, but I have yeah. a feeling on the next film, they'll probably have figured all that out too. <laughs> it's really, really cool. I can't wait to see what they do next. It is called Hellbender and it is on shutter. It's like the Partridge family of filmmakers. Exactly. <laughs> um, There's a reference. That it's really freaking dated. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've seen a single episode of Partridge family. But... I don't know if I have, but anyway. <laughs> um, well, I went to the theaters as I am wont nice. to do sometimes. And um, I checked out a big uh, Marvel movie. Oh, my. Morbius? It is Morbius. Yeah, that's the one that's there now. <laughs> sure is. You guys, you guys seen Morbius? I may have yeah. caught it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, that sure is a film that I sat through. It, it sounds like Marvel's first true, true dud. Well, it feels like I mean, the Sony. This, this is Sony. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, the it Sony, Sony Marvel, okay. but but it That's is. Right. It does have the Marvel beginning. I yeah. think Marvel did went go ahead and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're ours. But it's like a stepchild. That's, that's a four point. That man thing I talked about had that Marvel intro to it, right. too. So, you know, I guess they've yeah. had duds long ago. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the... Um, hmm. 
<laughs> I okay, just the the villain alone. Like I really liked him for most of the film, and I was like, they had to do some pretty unredeemable stuff for him for uh, me to dislike him. And it took a while. I was like, you're just making him awful now for the sake of it, so that I will have to root for the good guy. <laughs> Did you feel like um <laughs> they were? Uh, going, huh? I bet you didn't see this coming. And you were like, I just assumed from the beginning this is what would happen. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I was like, oh, so it's going to be this guy who turns in the first like 10 minutes. I was like, it's definitely going to end up being that. That's your arch enemy, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, I was right. Cool. Okay. I don't know why I hate Jared Leto so much, but I do. Like yeah. in every movie, in every interview, um, he's a weird freaking dude. He's well, a weird also guy. so fucking pretentious. And the, yeah. Yeah. the amount of work he put into his body for this film is shocking. Just the amount of weight he lost and then gained to, you know, get back into the, the Morbius shape. Mm. All of that stuff was real. I and didn't I, realize that. And I'm like, what made you think this was the film you should put this much effort into? Yeah, that's that would be my question for sure. Like, why? Like, first of all, they can just pay for that. They can just CGI that. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if uh, Doctor Who over there had a similar uh, regimen. Regimen. I'm assuming not. But he seems like a much less intense human being. He really does. And I'm sure that he it was just like, you know, so how fit do I have to be for this? And they were like, uh, we'll draw the muscles on you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, don't worry. We'll put baggy clothes on you and then we'll give you slim clothes and you'll be fine. And no one will know, the, no one will be the wiser. Um, oh my. Yeah, it was, um, you know, my end, I, my takeaway is it was a film that was watchable. And that's about it. I could sit through it and watch it. <laughs> Quite bad. And I was really disappointed that the trailers really lured you into thinking um, Michael Keaton was going to somehow be a part of this film instead of yeah. the three-minute scene. At the end. What was the scene? Yeah. What was the end stuff? That was so bad, too, because you end at a point and you're like, okay, like this character is just starting this journey. And then you, two minutes later... They do the first like end credit stopping for short film thing. Sure. And he's like a totally, this is like five years later kind of version. Like he's got a cool car and he's got an established MO. And like, I'm like, what, what happened? What, what? I'm missing so much information in the last minute of this last movie. Not only that, but you're like, that would have been a much cooler movie to watch. For sure. I was like, where's this guy? Why, why are we in this story? It's fine. Is it a kind of an origin story for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. I wonder if it got, I mean, I know it got pushed back because it was supposed to be released, but I yeah. wonder if they were like, you know, in the middle of the pandemic and all this stuff about bats coming out. About, <laughs> so I, I wonder if they were like, well, shit, we, uh, <laughs> we probably shit the bed with this story. <laughs> Let's just put a little pause on this guy. And like, bats are cool. Bats are great. Bats will definitely not respons be responsible for bad, bad, bad things. Anyways, <laughs> I watched one of my old school favorites sort of redone. Rocky Four, Drago versus... Yeah! <laughs> it's such a fucking great film. I mean, it's, it's, it's like if a montage was made into an entire movie. Because mm -hmm. it's got 
the fights and then train for the fights and then a fight and then training and lots of training and then a brief moment between and then some more training. But it's all shot so cool and it's so much fun and the music is so energetic and energizing and the 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 black and the white, good and the bad are so deeply <laughs> ingrained and he's lifting logs. He's climbing this weird stair master thing and uh, like he's getting injected with uh, drugs and stuff. Oh, Stallone's out there helping a guy on a, get his wagon out of the <laughs> ditch and shit. It's like, and uh, I didn't notice, I, it's been a while since I walked Rocky Four. There's a few, I only noticed one major difference. There's definitely a lot of difference in the when he's in the final fight, the the coach in the corner says a lot of different things. It's a lot more uh, different than what more energetic, more like uh, you got to do this more. There's the the line. The only line I noticed that they definitely cut was where um, his buddy says uh, Rocky says, "Man, I've seen three of them," and his friend says, "Hit the one in the middle," <laughs> and the coach then says, "Yeah, hit the one in the middle." In the original version. And this one, he has a totally different group. Of oh, wait a says. second. So I guess I missed what you were talking about. This is not, what is this? Uh, Sloan went back and recut Rocky Four. Oh, what? I did not know this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what? I mean, it's, it's not deeply different, but again, I haven't watched Rocky probably in 15 years or so. Or Rocky Four. Did he so, just do that or did yeah, he do so, all of them? No, just four. That's he did like weird. a year ago or something like that. Huh. Big really Amazon put it out as a streaming exclusive for a little while. And uh the there's the, I'm curious to go back now and watch the the Blu-ray one I've got of the original cut to see how much is different. But um it's not that different. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little slimmer. It, still got the if you can change and I can change. <laughs> I still got all that kind of stuff in it and all the same music and you know the the drive in the Lamborghini when he's Trying right. to figure, you know, it's all very similar. But. How strange. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a good film. I don't know what. Hmm. It, right. It's good for what it is. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's of its time. It does, the Cold War. Yeah, it does that. And the coming back from, you know, the, he's like, what, six inches taller than Stallone, at least. Right. <laughs> and stuff. So it's a fun watch. It's a fun it's boxing is so much better in the movies than oh, if you yeah, watch yeah. a live bout. <laughs> that was my introduction to boxing was the Rocky movies. Like, I think I'm gonna go watch some boxing. This looks great. I'm going, it's gonna a lot of dancing around the <laughs> ring yeah. here. This is why they do the eight round, nine round, 10 round <laughs> montage during that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> huh, well, that is all very interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, okay, why don't we take a break then? And then when we come back, we're talking about your genre pick, Vanessa, which is social media. Mm-hmm. And we're back. <laughs> wow. Instead of mailing everyone my vacation photos, I'm saving a ton of time by posting them to my wall. Ooh, I like that one. It's so quick. It's just like my car insurance. I saved 15% in just 15 minutes. I saved more than that in half the time. I unfriend you. That's not how it works. 
That's not how any of this works. 15 minutes for a quote isn't how it works anymore. With eSurance, seven and a half minutes could save you on car insurance. Welcome to the modern world. eSurance, backed by Allstate. Click or call. We have returned after a lengthy discussion of uh, <laughs> Vanessa's eating habits. True. <laughs> Vanessa, you want to start us off on this? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us what you were thinking about, because <laughs> I hate you for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about how there, recently, we've seen a lot of films that um, showcase social media and interesting apps and modern technology that's really of the now. And I was kind of fascinated by all these different films that have been utilizing it. And I know that we had kind of talked about a few. Um, I really love the film uh, Searching. And oh, yeah. It's a good I, one. Eric, you'd like mentioned Deep House at the start of one of the mm-hmm. shows. And I, I just thought, you know, it'd be really fun to check out what's out there. There are like four different social media films I've been meaning to see and have not seen yet. So I thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> Did you watch all four of them? Let's let's see how this plays out. Well, so I watched a film that people have been telling me for a while I would love. That movie, I almost bought it too on Vinegar Syndrome. Um, Tragedy Girls from 2017. Sometimes I just feel like nothing I do matters. Like I'm not special. We only got one retweet today from your mom. Sad. We were just wondering if maybe you could give our blog a shout-out. A shout-out from me would be a little off-brand. I have 15,000 followers. You know what that means, a community like this? More to the left. His heart's more to the left. You're just hitting the phone, dude. I'm trying. Mr. High is trending. I really hope nothing bad happened to him. It's like, poof. He vanished, right? Anybody could be next. Even you. You can find more information on our Tragedy Girls Twitter page. Your brains, my charisma. You can do anything. Quick soundbite from the Tragedy Girls. Are you afraid that the killer will target you because of your infamous blog? We will not take any more shit from this serial killer. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Look. Day. I don't know if that's not how that works, right? Uh, so this uh, this film has a score, Rotten Tomatoes score of 84% from critics and 63% from audience. So critics kind of like it. Um, budget of question mark, no idea, could not find. Box office of somewhere between $122,000 and $133,000 uh, worldwide. Uh, $12,000 opening weekend. So basically this was a streaming film. Like this yeah. is not 
it got distribution and went on to DVD. It was it was definitely not playing in theaters, um, at least not very much. The director slash writer is a person named Tyler McIntyre. They're primarily an editor. They actually have 40 um, credits of editing, just lots and lots of TV movies. So, which makes sense because of another character in this film. Um, <laughs> they have nine directing credits, mostly did a lot of short films and two features, which is this and a film called Patchwork, which I have not seen. Um, and one episode of the Into the Dark TV series. The, uh, another writer on it was Chris Lee Hill, who's done seven things, including Patchwork and Tragedy Girls with Tyler. And um, a lot of a TV series called The People That Touch Your Food. And <laughs> I was like, is this Canadian? And uh, <laughs> this hour has 22 minutes. Um, and the screenplay was done by Justin Olson, who has also only written two things, which is this and something called The Dweller. Um, it is starring uh, a couple of a couple of people who are recognizable. Brianna Brianna Hildebrand as Sadie Cunningham, one of the two lead girls. She is the poor friend. She's been in sixteen <laughs> things. You would recognize her as Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. Uh, she's also showed up in the TV series Lucifer and um, another TV series called Trinkets. Alexandra Ship as Michaela Hooper. Um, she is the rich friend. She's been in 33 things, including 41 episodes of House of Anubis TV series. She's also in the new X-Men films as Storm. Um, and I remember her most recently from Tick, Tick, Boom, where she plays Susan. And um, the other main person is Jack Quaid as Jordan Welch. You would know him as Huey in The Boys. Or Ensign Brad Boimler in Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> uh, so I, I really like Jack Quaid. That was a fun, fun surprise for me. Um, there are definitely like quite a few um, faces that are recognizable in here. We have Kevin Durand as Lowell, Lowell, who's like a serial killer. He's been in 79 things. He's just super, super recognizable. Um, Gabriel and Legion, Fred Dukes and X-Men Origins, Wolverine, just lots of TV stuff. As soon as you see your, his face, you'd be like, oh man, I know you from something. <laughs> um, Craig Robinson, who uh, has been in 83 things. He plays firefighter Al. He's a black comedian who has worked with um, Seth Rogen and Jed, Judd Apatow a lot, including Hot Tub Time Machine, This Is the End, Zach and Mary Make a porn, Porno, etc. He's also very recognizable. And... To my surprise, Rosalind Chow, who's been in 135 things, plays the mayor. Um, apparently on IMDb, she's trying to bury this, but uh, <laughs> she is Keiko O'Brien from Star Trek. And um, all of her little like mini like posters that are, you would know me from this, are all things like Joy Luck Club. I'm like, no, that's not what I know you from. <laughs> don't, don't try to hide it. I know exactly who you are, Rosalind. <laughs> Um, the story is, uh, it's got this kind of really classic, um, horror film, teen horror film opening with, um, two kids making out, uh, at Sweetheart's Bridge in a car. The windows are all fogged up. It's late at night. They're alone. Um, there's kind of a, a mist in the air. The girl is in the car making out the guy and kind of seems to be waiting for something and listening out for something. You're not really sure what? But I've seen the movie poster, so I know what. <laughs> um, and she uh, she hears a sound and she's like, hey, go check on it. And the guy's like, no. 
she's like, starts calling him like a pussy and Shinji, go get your ass out there. So uh, pushes him basically out of the car. He gets out there, looks around and he's like, cool, fuck this. Starts to leave because he's like, this is obviously a bad situation and immediately gets an ax through his skull. There is a killer on the loose. Um, the girl runs away from this massive dude in a big black robe chasing her. Um, follows her, follows her. And of course, he ends up in a trap. <laughs> because her and her friend have secretly been hunting him. They've been stalking him for a while, figuring out his roots and his routines. And uh, she's basically been making out with various guys in various locations for quite a few days trying to wait for this guy to show up so that they could get him. Uh, they tase him, knock him out, um, tie him up. And when he wakes up, they reveal that um, uh, Sadie and Michaela are two high school seniors who are basically obsessed with all things killer, serial killers, um, becoming killers, anything involving blood and guts. Huge fangirls of him saying, we follow your work. Uh, and they ask if he'll mentor mentor them. And he's a crazy madman. So he's like, fuck you, no. I'm going to like open your guts and like throw them at your parents. And they're like, uh, we're going to leave you for a couple of days. We'll come back when you're ready to talk to us further. They then take the kid that um, he, he put an ax through the forehead of and start to get ready to chop him up when he wakes up. It's barely still alive. And so they murder him. Um, they go ahead and just uh, finish him off and start chopping up his body and throwing it in lie in front of the serial killer, kind of showcasing like, yeah, they they mean business. So Sadie and Michaela are basically two girls who are trying to become social media stars. They run a true crime blog called Tragedy Girls, and they will do anything to get more followers. Uh, they're attempting to tell like the police and the press all the stuff that they know about the serial killer, but no one is interested. No one cares. No one's following their blog. So they decide that the best thing to do is to set up a series of murders, blame it on a mysterious assailant, write about it, like they've got the, the lead on all of this, and um, hopefully rise to fame. Uh, they are pissing off the local sheriff quite badly because they keep messing with his investigation, but that's okay because his son, Jordan, Jack Quaid, has a huge crush on Sadie. And so he decides to go ahead and help them out with their uh, mission. He doesn't know they're murdering people, but he does know that they want to be famous. And so he is an editor. <laughs> He's really good at editing. And so he helps clean up and make their social media videos look pretty rad. And thus begins a killing spree around town with Kayla, uh, Michaela and Sadie doing things like killing Michaela's ex who has more Twitter followers than them, but doesn't think it is on brand to give them a shout out. Um, <laughs> they kill Syl, a head cheerleader who tries to cancel prom uh, because there's too many deaths and wants it to be more of a serious memorial, uh, which pisses them off because they want prom. So they ruin her little library that she's created and put into a contest. Um, so it's like a little wooden house that's, you know, those yeah. borrowing lending libraries. libraries. Yeah. yeah. Um, she then goes to the wood shop and they brutally murder her. Um, Big Al, the firefighter, uh, speaks out at Syl's funeral, 
trying to um, speak eloquently and sadly about what happened, but he steals attention away from the two girls, so they decide he's next. So there are just a spree of, of murders. Meanwhile, Lowell is kind of planting in Michaela's head that Sadie may betray her and leave her, and that Sadie is going to steal all of her followers. He really is getting under her skin. And then, of course, Sadie does something um, that ends up saving Jordan's life, and she is given a big honor, lots of followers, and they even call her the tragedy girl, separating Michaela off, which of course makes Michaela crazy. And she may or may not decide to go ahead and go solo, but team up with maybe Lowell and, you know, do the thing that they were going to do in the first place, which is murder pretty much everyone at the school. So um, Sadie has to make a big decision as to whether or not to return to Michaela or hang out with hot boy Jordan. This film is, um, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I'm glad I didn't buy it. It's pretty mean spirited in that way that I don't like films. It turns out, uh, it is a thing I do not enjoy. I don't like films that just, it doesn't feel like there's much of an arc to these characters. It feels like a flat line. I don't, see why I'm here experiencing the things I am. It just feels like I'm just being given information. I've seen these jokes before done better. Um, It's kind of boring in various parts. Uh, They abuse their video editor, which I don't think is very nice. (laughs) And uh, the poster is a giant fucking spoiler. So that's not good, guys. Uh, I kept waiting for the thing to happen that I saw on the poster. And then I was like, oh, I fine. Okay. Cool. Um, it is. It does have some really funny moments in it. I think the death and the the deaths they have in the gore are pretty pretty well done. It feels like it's of its time for sure. Um, the two leads are very good. Um, in fact, all all the actors in this are, are pretty great. And I like their use of the serial killer. I think that is actually a little bit unique um, by kidnapping him and then sort of using him in their own ways. Like that's probably the strongest part of this film. But yeah, I know I've seen the film and you say it that way. And really the only stuff that's stuck in my head from that movie is that scene where they've got him tied up and are dealing with them. I don't remember much of the rest is sort of a, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I really like Jack Quaid. So there was a lot of moments in there that I liked with him, but he was really underused in that film as well. I do... One of the strongest jokes, I think, though, is he clearly looks way too old to be in high school. <laughs> and so when you first they first introduce him, they're like, oh, yeah, he's just mad because he got held back a year and he's doing his scene here twice. And you're like, that's good. That's that's strong writing right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's little moments in it. But overall, just I was pretty disappointed. I, I was expecting a, a lot more from this. Um, so true. Trivia. Uh, not a ton of trivia on this. Um, not a lot written up about it. Maybe if I got in the vinegar syndrome uh, version, I probably would know a lot more, but I don't. So uh, Archie Comics and Riverdale are a source of inspiration for the town of Rosedale. And Craig uh, is purposely dressed to look like Archie. Sadie and Michaela are both cheerleaders, much like Betty and Veronica. And their popular teen hangout is a juice bar, which is a nod to the malt shop. Um, creepy masks the girls end up using with the crossed out eyes are a tribute to Jean Rowland's iconic masked girls. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's cool. 
Um, another high school student made the the one that made that little lending library. It is uh, modeled after the Myers house in Halloween. <laughs> There's aluminum foil stars at prom that are a reference, of course, to Carrie. Uh, the mayor's death is a nod to uh, Cannibal Holocaust. There's definitely a lot through here that you're like, you guys like horror movies. <laughs> um, in fact, the guy who plays the janitor in this is the serial killer in the Adult Swim film, Too Many Cooks. Uh, so that's pretty fun. Too many cooks. Too, too many, many cooks. cooks. Um, it was filmed in Kentucky and uh, they used, the use of the Sweetheart Bridge was actually suggested to them by locals. This premiered at South by Southwest and was picked up by Gunpowder and Sky. I think it was an early pickup by Gunpowder and Sky because their logo sucks. And I used, their, <laughs> I used their stuff on Prospect and it was much better by the time I did Prospect, which was several years ago. So yeah, uh, glad they changed that. And you can watch it for free on Shudder. And that's my movie. What year did this come out? This came out in, oh my God, I did, oh, 2017. I did write it down. 2017, okay. Yeah. And uh, the guy who plays Huey still looked too old to be in high school? Because mm -hmm. he's pretty young looking. I He is, but he's not. It's weird. When you put him next to younger people, you're like, man, you look too old. But then you put him next to adults and it's like, man, you look young. He's got a weird huh. thing going on. Okay. I'm used to seeing, uh, you know, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John as high school kids, so I believe everything. <laughs> but he's yeah. got like kind of not a receding hairline, but you know, he he looks older, not in a super attractive way. I think he looks like a normal human. I I got a I got a friend who, uh, hi there. I know you're listening. Who started <laughs> to have a receding hairline when he was fairly young? So you know it's possible. It is. It is very possible. It is. It's not like outside of belief, but it does feel, especially with the two lead girls who look way younger. They look like actual high school age or early college, at least. Eric, you want to go next? Sure. I actually was okay with the one I picked in the, by the time I finished watching it. Oh. We're talking about 2020's Initiation. Happy homecoming to our Kappa newbies! Boys, it's real simple. Top comment. An exclamation point. Tag the hoes to protect the bros! Yo! Something's happened with you, brother. We just found him at his fraternity. We have one victim and are still looking for a suspect. Please call us if you have any information. We've had issues of cyberbullying on campus. What do they post? An exclamation point. No, someone's in here. spiral out of control could hurt all of us. I'm hoping to keep this between us. Ah! 
And it's like our Rotten Tomato scores were reversed. 61 from the critics and 82 <laughs> from the crowd. Wow. And this was also by a straight kind of release because it had a box office of $63,704. <laughs> a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's directed by John Berardo, who do, has done 17 shorts in a film called The Labyrinth. Uh, writers, also writer, wrote most of his own stuff. Uh, Lindsay Levanchi, who's also written a few things with him, and Brian Frager, who is also co-writer, so you see where this is going. And is also a filmmaker of his own. He's done some directing on his own. The stars, Isabella Gomez, who was in the new Head of the Class, and the new One Day at a Time. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Levanche, who's a screen TV show, lots of shorts with John as well. Uh, Froy Gutierrez, who is in Teen Wolf, the new One Day at a Time. Yeah. Uh, Cruel Summer, the TV show, and Hocus Pocus 2, the upcoming. Uh, Yancey Butler, who's been around a while. Hard Target, Kick-Ass 1 and 2. 23 episodes of Switchblade, which I do not remember. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Witchblade? Because she was the, I hope so. She was the cop. Witchblade would be much better. Yeah, she was the cop in Witchblade. And uh, Lachlan Monroe, Unforgiven, Scary Movie, Peacemaker, and 255 other credits. Hmm. So, you, they're recognizable. <laughs> Uh, this movie had 22 producers. Oh, my God. Wow. Is it five a Kickstarter were, joint? Five were actually producers. All the rest were associate or uh, investment style executive producers. Mm -hmm. But um, it kind of starts a lot like a lot of these social media things do with the young youngins out partying, texting to each other. They did the visual on-screen text and Instagram posts and stuff very well. Oh, nice. They looked really neat. And it wasn't just a set way they did it. They'd angle them sometimes. They'd move them around. And it was really well done. Looked like they put a lot of thought into how they were doing it, which they had to because it's a very important part of the film, mm. um, at least for a while. It's basically a college Greek admission movie at the beginning. There's a... It's done very bizarre, though. It's like, can you, could you guys just afford like one sort of frat house or something? Because it's like, are all the men and the women living in the same house? Okay, no, they're not. But it feels when it starts off, hmm. they're hazing the recruits like at the same place. And all stuff. It's very weird. Hmm. Like, is that how they do it now? <laughs> like every, guys and girls just get together and involve hazing each other with the other frats and sororities? I don't know. Seems unlikely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, you're doing the guys being sketchy because they're college guys, so they're automatically sketchy. And they they do a really interesting job with uh, a modern take on this kind of stuff where the sorority girls are buddying up, setting up, let's make sure we stick together, don't leave unless you've made sure your person you're with is ready to leave and you guys are all... So it's all... That's done... Fairly well, of course, being the kind of movie it is, it doesn't actually work. There's no disturbing scenes done, but there's a very strong implication that one of the women is raped by the lead, I think it's the lead sorority brother. And uh, fraternity brother, fratern her, the sorority lady's brother. Oh, oh, he's oh. running the fraternity. She's a sorority, he's in the fraternity. Ugh. 
Wow. And it uh, comes out as a story goes along that he had, he'd had something like this before, like last year, but it got, you know, it did the internal college investigation kind of thing and mm-hmm. was sort of swept away because he's an Olympic level swimmer. The acting in this film is all pretty solid. You know, as I miss, mentioned, most of those people have a lot of experience and have done a lot of on-camera stuff. So the 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 scenes are handled well and the suspicions and things. It's not like when you're watching a badly acted movie, you go, well, obviously this person is guilty and this person absolutely knows it. This is more like, I'm pretty sure she knows it, but she's hesitant and it, it works. It's The acting is done well enough that it works. They do, uh, as I mentioned, the swim team, which to me is like, well, that's a smart budget level <laughs> way to have jocks in your movie. They're all on the swim team, and there's like three swimmers and a coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you don't have to have them on the football field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 12 people in uniforms and all that stuff. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, there's definitely leaning towards something that has happened towards the women as the movie moves on, and then a killer appears. He has sort of a chrome mask and a like a uh, chrome dome. Oh, yeah, chrome skull. Yeah, but it, it's different design and it's just a front-facing mask. Um, and the this is where it gets into the uh, the weirdness of doing a social media-based movie. In that, for the final scenes, they all end up in an administration building, and somehow the Wi-Fi and everything like that is disconnected, so nobody can communicate with themselves. Oh. <laughs> Which then, you know, allows separation might happen in a horror film and the pickoff stuff can happen. It's kind of like, hmm, oh, well, (laughs) just something that's such a heavy social media thing to include that as part of your thing. Not just, well, I don't have service or my battery's dead. Sure. Because a lot of that is handled quite well now in films. Like Mm -hmm. years ago, that was the automatic thing. You drive, oh, I have no signal now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel we've moved past that. Yeah. Uh, the movie's a lot of a uh, lot more of a drama heavy. Hmm. Uh, the killer is somewhat violent. I don't know. It feels right. It feels well planned, but not uh, Jason kind of killer who's been doing it for twenty years kind of thing. There's an incredibly well done dramatic scene where her brother is the first person killed in the movie. The guy mm-hmm. suspected of the rape is the first person killed. And when the police deliver this news for her, she was in the process of checking her friend's clothing for DNA of her brother to see if it really was him or not. And so they deliver this news and she reacts, you know, immediately I'm going to, I've got a call and this can't be true. And it's like, holy shit, this is mature level of writing for this scene. Mm. And they, it's not just a, follow this car and scream and sad that she's going through a nice distur- a nice complex series of emotions. It's fairly well done. Not where you, you start with this subject. I'm going, Oh boy, it's going to be a bunch of these stupid trash <laughs> crap. And it's like, Oh, all right. This scene actually really works. Um, they've got, uh, Oh, fuck, I forgot the guy's name, but he's an actor you'd recognize from anything as the lead administration guy. Who's, Hey, let's just sweep this under the rug. Administration administration person very well. Hmm. Uh, this is a mystery of who's doing the killing, so I'm not going to give the reveal. I want to let you know who's the one killing everybody. Um, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's like that kind of movie. There's like five people it could be, <laughs> but anyways, 
Um, it does have one of my biggest pet peeves of all in horror films. Um, I like that one with the clown that came out a couple days, a, a couple years ago, Terrify. Could drove me nuts because there's like 10 scenes in that movie where somebody smacks the clown and runs away. This has a couple of them mm-hmm. where the lady stabs the guy like once in the leg and then runs off. I'm going, you should probably take advantage <laughs> of your situation there and finish him off. But she doesn't. I enjoyed this one. I thought it was um, deeper than most social media things. The social media was integrated in a way that made it very important, but it didn't lean on it. Because there was a lot of this stuff of, like, this fraternity has a, if a woman is easy, they post an Instagram photo with her name and an exclamation point at it. And it's one of those things that everybody knows. And mm-hmm. so the, the girl that they feel was probably attacked the next day, she gets posted like that. It's well done. So notes and trivia. <laughs> so, let's see what we've got. Hey, the movie was, uh, the budgetary constraints are definitely available here because the movie was shot in 16 days and finished in editing in 10 weeks. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, they are, there were at least uh, detailed in the way they did stuff. The um, effects person glued thousands of hairs to a prosthetic hand for a shot that was like a second or so in the movie. Whoa. They custom built the weapon that the killer used, which is a little surprised because I don't remember even remember the weapon standing out. I mean, it's a, it, it's a drill, but apparently it's a very cool drill. <laughs> the, the reason for this filmmaker, I don't know if Chrome Dome was the same thing, but they, they, he wanted to design this with the chrome aspect. So as the killer is stalking people, you can see them in his mask. Oh, okay. Like peeping what? Tom style. Yeah. What about the camera though? Can you see the camera in his mask? No, oh. no. But at the same time, I don't remember watching the movie going, Whoa, that's a great shot. I can see the killer. Uh, uh, so it mm. may have been the intention, but I don't know how well the final ex, uh, execution was. The cast did the usual thing of, Hey, we're going to be friends. Let's hang out with each other before shooting started. So they all got together and, Seemed to work because they did seem to, except when they weren't supposed to, they did seem to generally like each other. Film was originally titled Dem Banger. <laughs> but that was changed, obviously. The <laughs> distributor said, uh, no, <laughs> we're not showing the movie that has implied rape as Dem Banger. <laughs> Dem Banger? Yeah, D E M Banger. Huh. Is that a reference to anything in the film? I I'm sure it's a reference to is the party, Bacon. right? Yeah, I think that's usually what it means. But what is them? I'm them so people old. having them banger. Um, your kids yeah. in your bangled <laughs> <laughs> German, maybe? It's apparently, it's a reference. It's actually supposed to, I just found it in my notes here. It's a reference to the code term for an exclamation point. Huh. Oh. I'm not sure what code that is. Uh-huh. I don't think the... U.S. military is going, you're being attacked, damn banger. <laughs> that's so weird. So I don't know what that's code for. But overall, yep, I was pleasantly surprised by this because there's been a lot of the social media films that, you know, the way movies are anymore, if there's something I'm not liking, I just stop watching it. Yeah. And that's happened that. a few times now. 
<laughs> which, you know, never happened back when you rented from Blockbuster or something. Yeah, you were in for the night. <laughs> Watching this whole damn thing. I, I had to carry it five dollars. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I, uh, I wanted to go last because I want to give a spoil alert for this film because it's got lots of twists and turns. And if you haven't seen it, I would suggest you see it before I talk about it because I'm definitely going to spoil it for you guys. Um, the movie I chose is Scare Campaign from 2016. How we feeling, team? This is going to be epic. Bet your ass it is, Susie. I just don't want any surprises this time, Marcus. <laughs> We're going to get gold from this guy, trust me. Our stooges just crossed the bridge. Showtime in 10 minutes. Marcus said, you know, the best pranks are the ones that go a little off script. He only says that because nothing ever goes to script. Shit, he's here. Okay, time to move, people. Those positions. You ready? Sorry to have you out so late in the day, but we've had a number of... It used to be a, a magnificent rough-rated engine running all along here. H how do you know that? I planted them. Oh, yes, I'm all the nooks and crannies. All the hiding spots. All the places you should never, ever go. Add to your own... I don't like this, Marcus. <laughs> Someone set us up. We're all fucking stooges. Wait three of this time. Vanessa, I had a really hard time with this. I'm this might have been this might have been the first time I had a really hard time with a subgenre topic. So I guess it, you know, it's about time. It's a definitely revenge for disco. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. The, the problem is not that there aren't good movies with this kind of mm -hmm. topic. It's mm -hmm. that I've seen them and I didn't want to do something like Assassination Nation, which I've seen and like a lot but i feel like it has gotten enough sure. publicity you know, and stuff like that or searching uh so i i, I watched hashtag alive mm -hmm. uh hashtag alive is a zombie korean zombie flick oh, yeah. um the hashtag alive part only lasts for about 10 minutes of the movie before everybody's phone is dead because the power is out and everything. And, and they, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Uh -huh. So that wasn't going to work. And then I tried something else, but whatever. I finally just got angry <laughs> and went with a movie that I hadn't seen in a while, but remembered I liked. Well, luckily you didn't let me know at all that you disliked this topic <laughs> yeah. through text. So you just wore it, you know, wore it valiantly and with honor. Let's not live in the past, Vanessa. Uh, this movie is from 2016. I could find no budget information of it, but just like Eric's, it has a box office of one hundred sixteen thousand dollars and twenty or one hundred sixteen and twenty three dollars. <laughs> so very specific. No Rotten Tomato critics, but the audience has it at thirty two percent 
And I'm a little surprised because I really liked this movie. Wow. And I just thought that it was kind of a known or a unknown good movie, but people hate this movie, as I will get to in my uh, reviews at the end. Mm. Written and directed (laughs) by Cameron and Karen Carnes, who are a uh, a brother team that write and direct their movies. They did something called 100 Bloody Acres, which I have not seen, but sounds fun in a uh, Tucker and Dale meet evil kind of way. So I'm going to look for this. And their next movie is called Late Night with the Devil. It's in pre-production and it is about a 70s late night show where they accidentally summon evil and it goes into everybody's living rooms. And (laughs) I was like, oh, these guys make fun fun. movies. It stars Megan Warner, who was in The Veil, The Caretaker, and Beauty and the Beast, A Dark Tale, Ian Meadows, lots of Australian TV, including The Wrong Girl, The Moody's, Rush, Home and Away, um, Home and Away, Olivia <laughs> DeJong, The Sisterhood of Night, Better Watch Out, Stray Dolls, and Josie and Jack. I will assume that our friend and listener, Rob Corliss, has seen or heard of some of these. The only <laughs> yes. one that stuck out for me was uh, Better Watch Out. Okay, so... This story, it opens, um, it's, it's a, got a great opening. Here's the thing, you guys. Uh, this movie is full of little twists and everything. I'm spoiling it at all for you. <laughs> so if you have any interest in this, please go watch it. Turn this off. Watch it. Come back. We will still be here. <laughs> so we open on a, a guy who's taken on a job um, at the morgue as a security guy. He's the, uh, mid, or the, uh, the night shift security at a morgue and he's being walked through the building by his boss and she's telling him how creepy the place can be and she's really laying it on thick and she's talking about how sometimes a body will sit straight up and moan because of the gas trapped in the body and shit like that then she's like okay have a good night (laughs) beautiful (laughs) and he's kind of an older dude um you know when i say older like my age so he's probably in his 50s but he's um he's very australian 50s so he plays like a 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right off the bat, creepy shit starts happening while he's there. And at one point, a body sits up in a body bag. <laughs> that would have been enough for me to just be like, all right, I'm out. But no, he goes and unzips it. And uh, it's a, a dead woman in there. But then the eyes pop open and stare at him. And he freaks out, terrified. He goes run back to his office as this uh, zombie girl is coming after him. And then he pulls a gun that he's not supposed to have. And he's about to blow her away when a bunch of people rush in and they're like, whoa, 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 drop the gun. And he's like, what the fuck is going on and everything. And it turns out that we are watching a show called Scare Campaign, which campaign, which is a prank show. Oh. And they're just like, you know, holy shit. Wow. Why do you have a gun? <laughs> so, so, uh, after this scare, the producers get together and um, one of the actors who uh, is in the thing, she's just like, hey, you guys, we got to be a little more careful about this stuff because one of these times we're going to end up scaring the wrong guy and somebody's going to end up dead. Uh, so they are then shown by their main producer a new web series that is kicking their ass called Masked Freaks <laughs> that involves a bunch of costume people killing other people gruesomely. No. Now, it seems to me that they are actually killing these people live. Sure. And, uh, but <laughs> that is all just kind of accepted. And the producer's like, look, they're, they're getting way more likes and shares and everything <laughs> oh than we God. are. So you guys are going to have to, you know, amp it up. So 
they take their next episode to an abandoned mental hospital where they intend to hire a new groundskeeper and then scare the shit out of him. And they show them setting the, th- the, the prank up. So they've got all these tiny little speakers everywhere and little uh, mini fans that'll blow curtains around <laughs> and all of this stuff. And they have hired this, uh, this young girl to play a ghost in this place. And they hire this dude, and he is a little weird right off the bat, but then uh, it kind of goes south because <laughs> you realize, oh, shit, he was a uh, person who was at this mental facility when it was running before. Oh, God. And uh, the nurse, the actor who's playing the nurse, she says, um, oh, and she's like trying to kind of hint to the producers who are all, all in this kind of a... Uh, a main room with a bunch of TV screens and all this stuff. She's trying to, you know, let's, let's cut this out. We don't want to do this guy. This is exactly the kind of thing I was saying we don't want to do. And they're all like, no, 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 this is great. This is going to be fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, as the prank goes along, the, um, the groundskeeper starts exploring this island through the team's special effects, and uh, the nurse is just constantly trying to steer him back to where he's supposed to be and all this stuff, but he's he's got this faraway look in his eye and everything. <laughs> and then, of course, the ghost girl shows up in one of the windows across the way, and uh, and now he's just for sure like, okay, I, I am here for a reason, all of this <laughs> no. shit. And, um you can see that he's starting to go a little nutty. It's uh, it's a it's a really great premise. I was just like, I am really enjoying the fuck out of this. Huh. Um, the girl who's playing the ghost is named Abby, and uh, when she is given the signal to surprise him as he walks into a room, uh, the groundskeeper pulls out a knife and violently stabs nope. her to death. <laughs> oh my god! And it's just like, holy shit! It's it's like a it's an old uh, letter opener actually, but he just does one of those. You know, he stabs her and then he just continues to stab her over and over and over again. And everybody is in their little control room freaking out and all that. It's really, really brutal. Um, and Emma is the one producer slash actress who is playing the nurse. And she now, it's clear that she is our protagonist in this because the, the other producers are kind of assholes about <laughs> everything. And, and she's the one who had warned them off of this. So um, she's trying to get away. She's trying to get everybody away. This guy can't be reasoned with and all that stuff. Uh, and she keeps bumping into like the bodies of her coworkers who have been killed and then, you know, staged by this guy. One of them's hanging from the ceiling with his guts <laughs> hanging out. And one's got the throat slash and all that stuff. She finally gets, uh, the keys to the car to escape. And the groundskeeper is in the backseat waiting for her. Oh, no. And uh, she turns around. She's got a knife. And uh, she stabs him through the hand and runs out of the car. But that's when we realize that this groundskeeper guy is in on the prank. And Emma is the one they are pranking for this episode. Oh, my God. So he's got a knife through his hand. And he's in the car going, what the fuck? (laughs) What is going on? The producers are in the... Main room, you know, going, oh, sorry about that. Well, that's not very good. And uh, she she ends up bumping into the producers and she's saying, you know, we got to escape. And they're trying to explain to her, look, 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 this was just a prank. Sorry, sorry. Um, <clears throat> here come those spoilers, you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> here's when the masked freaks people show up. Oh, yes. And she now knows that this uh-huh. is a prank. So she's like, fuck you guys. 
and fuck all of this and everything. They kill uh, her producer right next door. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, it becomes very clear that these guys are the real deal. And they are going around. And <laughs> they have somehow hacked into the scare campaign computers and applied their own algorithms to what scare campaign was doing. And now uh, scare campaign is getting a ton of likes <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and all of this shit. And uh, the ratings are going crazy. There's a lot more gory murdering that goes on and at least one more twist before the end. So I'm not going to give away all of that stuff because I do think it's a genuinely good movie. But because it is so recent, there is no trivia. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I decided to uh, just look up some, some of these reviews when I saw that 32%. <laughs> of course. I only, I only kept one review. Um, Federate. He writes a bad review that is notable only for its length. He really, really hated this movie <laughs> and he wants you to know why. Uh, all I did was pick out a couple of choice paragraphs and oh, I will attempt to give his writing the proper gravitas. <laughs> this, uh, it, this review is uh, titled Aussies attempt horror without comedy. The <laughs> result is even worse than usual. Oh, um, I'm going to give this the attitude. I think this, or the, uh, the accent, I think this guy speaks in uh, this movie wants so desperately to be the king of all plot twist horror thrillers, but it ends up as a big pile of predictable nonsense. Not every single thing is predictable, obviously, but the three key plot twists were all failures pretty much because the writer was foolish enough to phone them in minutes or even ages before they occur. <laughs> There's another piece I liked a lot. I hope this guy hears this podcast. <laughs> Agatha Christie would have a thing or two to teach these clueless millennial screenwriters. She does stem, though, from a far more intelligent and grounded generation. So there is no comparison. Oh my God, no. Agatha Christie's not fine. <laughs> but that's okay. I can even forgive the film its lame predictability. What I do mind is a lack of realism. This is not yet another Aussie horror comedy, despite the first half hour's somewhat irreverent approach. Aussies are just like that. They just can't help it. Hence, Jesus. hence, I hold the script to a higher level of accountability logic-wise than I would some goofy horror comedy. This review better end with milady, or I'm going to be very sad. The last scene <laughs> is atrocious. Your standard cop-out ending scripted by a clueless writer with zero imagination. It doesn't resolve anything. doesn't serve any purpose, at least not in terms of concluding a movie. It's almost as if they'd run out of movie reels, whatever those are, and decided to call it a day. Are we supposed to be intrigued by what might happen next? In order to be intrigued, the movie has to fulfill its promise slash potential while it lasts. It clearly didn't. Hence, by the time this dribble is wrapped up, I am simply not interested. They could have pulled out three-headed dancing bears at that point. It would have made no difference. There was some potential in this, but several dodgy performances and especially shoddy writing sunk it. Dodgy, shoddy. I wonder if they're British. So um, I hate people who talk like this yeah. and use words they don't quite understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes them sound smart. However, the use of the word dodgy always makes me happy. <laughs> so I walked away from this review with a smile on my face. I, I would also go that it's fun when you're reading that where it's this pretentious <laughs> ass talking about film. And then they make 
little film mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they didn't run out of reels. That's not what they shoot on. Also, <laughs> movie reels. Yeah, movie reels. <laughs> What's a movie reel? Very R E A L. This this interview was at least three times what I've read. Wow, it was hugely long. Uh, uh, and then I found just a bunch of other really bad reviews for this, and I huh. was like, man, I thought the acting was solid. I thought the twists were nice. They weren't the you know, there was no six sense twist in yeah, this or anything. Trying like to be that. M night here, <laughs> but it was. I thought it was just a ton of fun. Um, I I don't know if it was irreverent so much as just you know people joke with each other, especially workers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it felt very much like that, and I I thought that uh, everybody was having a good time with this film. I really liked it, and I can't wait to see what these guys do next. Man, I am yes. stoked to check this out. That sounds awesome. Oh well, I, I hope you didn't listen to anything I said. <laughs> I will enjoy it regardless. Yeah, just, yeah. If there's accents involved, I'll be happy. I either saw this on <laughs> Shutter or Prime. So, well, you know what, guys, you're welcome. You're welcome for this challenging week. It was yeah, a challenge. Yeah, it was a challenge, but it worked out. Worked out in the end, both times, I guess. <laughs> I guess you you can't be <laughs> sad about it. You guys both ended up with better films than I did. Uh, that's true. That's true. That is true. Yeah. The thing is, is that. Um, I was like, oh, Tragedy Girls is like the only film I haven't seen that I would have liked to have seen. So I, I guess that I dodged a bullet there. You might like it. I don't know. We have different tastes sometimes. Clearly. Well, uh, there's, there's also, you're not an editor, so you're not going to take it personally. Like I, I really did get a little... <laughs> it's like when a dog gets I, killed or an editor gets uh, treated poorly. Yeah. All the same to Vanessa. Abused. Used for their skill. There you go. That means it's my choice. Yes. Just to get back at you, Vanessa. Uh-huh. Hey, there's a lot of um, Marvel movies out right now. There is the big, huge MCU and all that stuff. But how about we do a non-MCU Marvel movie? What? So that opens up all of the uh, early made-for-TV Spider-Man Hulk stuff like that, as well as the X-Men stuff, as well as Morbius, I think. Oh, wait, no, that ties into the it, MCU. I think with it does tie. Thing. Yeah. Um, but the early, oh, now I guess the early Spider-Mans tie in with uh, <laughs> I think no they're Way still Home. technically Sony. So until you hit that threshold. I don't think any of us are going to dive into I don't think so Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies or something like that. Probably not. <laughs> That's but like, anyhow, I mean, it's I think exciting. It, I think it'll be a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have not even tiptoed into that world so it's a weird one yeah, it's a weird one. Oh man <laughs> uh that also brings me to the point where i thank everybody for uh participating in the value for value model um danny again i must say thank you for the pizzas last week because eric didn't and thank you for the car but he knew who he was <laughs> that's, he <sure laughs> that's what matters i may not have known at He's the time <laughs> screaming at the radio going that was me you're supposed to thank me <laughs> And I want to thank everybody who wrote those lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts that I had no idea about. And if you uh, like the show and you haven't written a review, please consider doing so. Pop on in. Yeah. In fact, Eric, there was something on there that I think that you might have missed um, for a five-star review where they asked you to do something. And I don't remember you talking about it, but I'll have to look it up again. Okay. Yeah. But that is one of the things that uh, Eric generously offers. You leave us a five-star review and tell him what movie you would like him to talk about, and he will do that. Yeah, that's no right. No matter 
Give me some crap. What quality. <laughs> I have a large vinegar syndrome collection. You can give me crap. Come on. Give me something that challenges my level of crap. Like I got to you know, harass our recent guest host, Tony, for his recommendation at Crypticon last year of Erotica from oh, uh, God. Glenn Danzig. Dude, man, that, that, that's, that's a bad movie. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That is, that was rough. <laughs> How funny. Well, I just dropped uh, Tony then. I watched uh, Hollywood Horror House right oh, after you yeah. guys left, and I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as he did, but uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, that's it for the show. We'll be back in one week, and we are talking uh, non-MCU Marvel movies. Brain Geons Radio is artisanal quality podcasting, handcrafted with all natural ingredients, and edited to perfection by Eric Margaret. Our blistering theme song is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider dropping a positive review on Apple Podcasts. First of all, they can just pay for that. They can just CGI that. It's fine. Yeah.